if you find that you are suffering in service of something else, I'd want to I'd want to investigate that with a coach and just see is that actually required because maybe there's a pleasurable part. Yeah, well, and I think that too. I think that passion, you know, the emotional side of passion is you enjoy it, and it's pretty clear from my just getting to know you briefly through this show and, and talking before the show is that you're passionate about helping and serving other people through life coaching. That's certainly you enjoy that. But yeah, I yeah. think I think that you're key to your longevity in this because I mean, life coaching good for 20 plus years, your key to success in this is because you endured and not painfully so in the point where it was it was it was it was negative, but you endured it because you knew that there was a payoff in the end that there was something bigger. So three years before you crack $100,000. I mean, most entrepreneurs I know, if you're not making a couple hundred thousand dollars, it's not worth the, the money isn't worth the suffering. <laughs> the money is not worth all the mesh. Go go make the same amount of money at a 40 hour a week job and go home and don't have any stress, right? But you endured and pushed through that. That's what I mean by passion. In today's ultra-competitive business world, being a successful entrepreneur or business owner can be very challenging. Fortunately, contemporary times have blessed us with resources for tackling those challenges and getting us to success more quickly than we could have imagined. Welcome to The Root of All Success with The Real Jason Duncan, a podcast that explores how the world's most powerful entrepreneurs grow incredible companies. This podcast looks at the five keys to unlocking success as an entrepreneur. A successful educator turned entrepreneur, Jason's mission is to use his gifts of teaching and leadership to help others get the results they want out of life. Join Jason every week and learn the keys to grow a truly successful business. Well, welcome back to another edition of the Root of All Success podcast. Uh, I'm the real Jason Duncan, and I appreciate you coming in to join us. And I'm coming to you from my home studio today in uh, in Gallatin, Tennessee, just north of Nashville, doing this episode by Zoom. And so if you are listening on any of the podcast players, thank you for tuning in. We appreciate being, uh, being uh, syndicated on the C-Suite Radio Network. I'm glad to be a part of that network, and I'm glad that you're here to be a part of our show today. But if you aren't watching on YouTube, I really highly recommend you go check it out, because YouTube... Uh, being able to see the guests and see what we're doing, what we're talking about is uh, is a fantastic thing. And uh, for those of you watching on YouTube, you just saw me straighten one of the pictures on the wall behind me and I'm trying to get my mic situated. <laughs> so that's what, that's the way it goes with uh, with doing podcasts. So I want to I want to talk about our sponsor for today. Our sponsor for today is the Exit Accelerator Group Coaching Cohort. This is actually something that I run on a regular basis, and I today am going to take the opportunity to make that our sponsor because our guest today is one of the world's best life coaches, and so I really believe that you need a life coach. I think you also need a business coach, and so what I do with the Exit Accelerator Group Coaching Cohort is I take people just like you through 12 weeks. We meet eight sessions, and I teach you the four things that you need to know to exit your business because really think about it are you living the ideal life that you truly want to live are you living that freedom of time and energy and money that you started your business to get in the first place well if you're not what if i told you there's a way to get that sooner than later and you don't have to sell your company to make that happen it's something i call 
exit without exiting. And I started this exit accelerator group coaching cohort specifically to teach the four secrets that I learned after building a multi-million dollar business that was recognized in Inc. Magazine, Entrepreneur Magazine, and even by the federal government as one of the best entrepreneurial companies in the country. I learned how to exit that business without selling it to a third party. I get to maintain all of the financial and tax benefits of business ownership. And I designed this cohort experience to teach you the secrets and the steps, the practical steps that I used to do that. If you're interested in learning more, go to exitwithoutexiting.com. That's right, exitwithoutexiting.com and uh, sign up. The next cohort starts, I would love to get you in it. And it's only going to be for 12 people. So make sure you go sign up today at exitwithoutexiting.com. So today's guest on the show is David Wood. David is, uh, you're going to hear today on the, on the show about how he went from being in the actuarial business, a very highly paid, very successful and well-respected person in that business working on Park Avenue, downtown New York, and did that for 20 years. And then by the suggestion of another person in his firm, he went to this conference and it completely changed his life and how he took that what he learned in that conference to develop into a life coaching business where he became the number one life coaching person in the google search you know if you at one time if you search the words life coaching he was the number one guy he has uh he's worked for uh for fortune 100 companies and his actuarial business like chanel Tony, Exxon, the guy's got a pretty stellar career and he spent some time traveling and singing, trying to be an entertainer, figuring out if that was going to be something. And, and you're going to hear a story about how he went on national television in Australia and uh, what happened. Did he pee his pants or did he not pee his pants? You're going to find out on the show today. And he's no stranger to, um, to his own, you know, when he's helping other coach other people through life coaching things, he's he's no stranger to his own problems in life. I mean, he he overcame a, a full collapse of a paraglider, which he's going to tell that whole story, which I find very interesting. Um, he had a fractured spine and another paragliding uh, 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 paragliding accident. He uh, witnessed the tragic death of his little sister when he was only seven years old. He's going to tell a little bit about how he overcame that. Um, and how he's overcome other things in his life, like anxiety and depression. He has a book called Get Paid for Who You Are with a forward by none other than Jack Canfeld. And he's got a great story he's going to tell on the show today about how he met John Gray uh, at midnight in the hotel in his pajamas. So stay tuned. Listen to this show. You're going to hear about how this guy coaches rock star entrepreneurs, how to double their revenue in less time, get more done in less time. He is the focus CEO. He is David Wood. David, thank you for being on the show, man. It's an honor to talk to you today. Well, I like hearing that. It's a good way to start my morning. <laughs> well, so I, I in the intro, I talked about your paragliding accident and that anytime we talk about, um, anytime on the show, we can talk about personal stories. Uh, I think it's, it derives a lot of interest so um, I'm really glad that we got introduced to each other and it was only recently that we met, but you did tell me a little bit about that, but not all the details. So let's start there if that's okay, kind of tell, cause that's a pretty big thing. And then I know you got a couple other cool stories in your personal life and then we'll get into the entrepreneur side of things. So what happened, man? I mean, how did, how did the paragliding accident happen? Well, um, you know, I've had quite a few experiences in paragliding and, and some of them have been quite dramatic. One was in Bali, and uh, I bought a wing in Nepal, 
So I was, uh, and you know, this guy had said, oh, this is a good wing. You can trust, you can trust it. So I'd flown it in Nepal um, and went up to 10,000 feet above sea level. But when I got to Bali, I kept on trying this maneuver called big ears. And that's where you shrink the size of the wing. You actually collapse just the sides of the wing so that you can come down faster. Sometimes you want to get to the ground as quickly as possible or just lose some height. And so I did it. And every time I did it, something weird happened. It's like I lost power and I was falling faster than I should and something was just off. And I kept on trying to repeat it because I wanted to work out what was going wrong because it's, it's very important. You don't want it to go wrong at the wrong time. And so finally I said to the instructor, what do I do? What do I, what am I doing wrong? And one said, one guy said, well, you got to send it in for a pair. You got to mail it to Australia and they'll, they'll check it out. And then someone else said, you might have, it might be pilot error. So I said, all right, give me one more chance. I'm, I'm going to go up and you watch me do it and see if I'm actually making a mistake and you'll be on radio. He said, all right, go for it. And when I did it, I tried that maneuver again. And this time, instead of just dropping faster than I expected, I had a full collapse and just plummeted towards towards the earth. And I didn't even know that I was in free fall. I was just, I had my focus on the wing, which everything had gone to hell. And the sounds it was making, and it was zooming over my head and then collapsing and falling backwards. And meanwhile, I'm heading towards the earth. And I was only 300 feet up to start with. Fortunately, at 80 feet, I managed to reinflate the wing. And now I'm heading straight for a cliff. I managed to turn and avoid the cliff now I'm very low over the ocean and in risk of, of landing in a very bad place. But I managed to scrape up enough lift on the hill to get back up and land with all the other pilots. Fell to my knees and kissed the earth. So uh, that one I actually got away with not being injured, but uh, I was a little traumatized. I actually went back and, and kept on flying and went to Columbia and it was there that uh, it was far less dramatic. I, I'd, I'd, I was actually one foot above the ground. I was so close to landing. A little bubble caught me. I went back, didn't control it properly, and I fell about 10 or 15 feet onto my butt. And that's not something you, you want to do. So that's where I, I, I did fracture my spine and went to the hospital in an ambulance. Um, and then after that, I gave up my wing. I sold it. I said to myself, David, if you want to fly again, you have to watch accident videos. You have to watch accident videos of paragliding to, to really confront what can happen. And if you're willing to fly after watching those videos, you can fly again. Well, wow. I watched the accident videos and I was unwilling to fly again after really confronting what could happen. So I sold my wing, sold my motorcycle, because if I couldn't justify flying, I couldn't justify it the motorbike, which is even more dangerous. And uh, so now I've decided I touched the sky. I did get away with it and I'm going to bank my win and, uh, and just keep my feet on the ground. Cause I, I want to live. That's that, that, that was my revelation out of all of that. <laughs> well, you know, what's uh, I've never paraglided and I probably will never paraglide. I'm not interested in that. I, I have this, I'm not afraid of heights. I'm afraid of falling. And I think that that, that the fear, I, I don't think I'd be able to overcome that, but you mentioned motorcycling and I am a motorcycle rider and I have that weird 
uh, fixation on watching accidents too, not because I, I enjoy watching people get hurt, but because it reminds me of how fragile I can be on a motorcycle. And uh, so I ride a lot and uh, I frequently pull up YouTube videos about motorcycle accidents so that I can be reminded of how quick it can go wrong. So wow. I also think there's probably a, a, a probably an entrepreneurial um, analogy that we could draw there about your experience in the hang glide hang glider was or your paraglider was that you 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 noticed something wasn't working right and you tried to continue to repeat it to figure out how to do it the right way and I think an entrepreneur as we as we run businesses sometimes things collapse they don't work right and we try to test it and we make we, we be better at we're trying to be better at it so how did well, you how did you get your start as an entrepreneur how did how did that all come about because you um, had this cushy job and then you went to entrepreneurialism. Yeah, well, I'll tell you, and I and I want to double click on on what you said about the lesson. Um, you know, a lesson that I draw from it, I'm fascinated by risk. I used to be an actuary, right? That was my job was risk assessment. And I think as an entrepreneur, as a human, we want, most of us are not taking enough risk in our life. We're not asking for what we want. We, we're not saying no to the things that don't work for us. Um, we're not going for that celebrity to endorse our product or whatever it is. Most of us are not taking enough risk. And uh, I want to encourage people to place good bets. You know, if you're attracted to somebody and you're single, go and ask them out, right? That's a good bet. Worst that can happen is they say no. So most of us are not taking enough risk some people, not many, might go too far and they are actually super leveraged and they're really um, taking risks that aren't going to pay off. They might not be wearing a seatbelt in the, in the car. That's crazy. Colorado, some people don't wear helmets because you don't have to. That's, mm. that's an example of doing something that uh, is probably not going to pay off. So I, I say there's a sweet spot. We need to ride our edge and find out you know, where we're actually challenged, but not go too far, like maybe flying the Himalayas in a paraglider. Now, how, how I did the, the career switch is I was working in Park Avenue and I had a really great job and I'm consulting to big companies and uh, I wasn't particularly happy. And, and I figured I had it made, like here I, I was 24 with an office on Park Avenue. That was crazy. I moved from Australia and um, I just wasn't very happy. So someone said, go and do a personal growth course. You know, you should try the Landmark Forum. I was like, well, eh, I don't know. They, they all smile way too much. And they're, <laughs> and they're, wearing, they're wearing name tags. So uh, I was a bit wary of it, but I went and did it. And they cracked my heart open. And mm -hmm. I realized that there are people who care about the world and just devote their life to making it a better place. So I was like, wow. I didn't know that was possible. I thought it was about money and, and success. And uh, I ended up quitting my job, moving back to Australia. And I said to myself, you're probably getting this now. I have conversations with myself. I said, David, what would you do if you had six months to do anything you want? Anything. You, you've just quit your job. You got six months before you get another job. What do you want to do? And I'd always been impressed by those guys at the ski fields who would come out and they would play guitar and sing and get the whole bar singing. They do piano man or they'd put on a black Afro and sing, blame it on the boogie. 
or or an ABBA wig and sing SOS and get everybody singing and entertaining. I thought that looks amazing. I want to do that. <laughs> so, so I went and got a singing lesson. Um, and two weeks later, I had my first gig for 50 bucks in a bar that was next to a squash court. And I, I went and did my first gig and I wasn't very good. I can't sing very well. I'm a good entertainer, but I'm not a good <laughs> singer. And for a year and a half, that was my profession. I went and did pubs and parties and national TV and boats and all sorts of stuff. I rarely got invited back to the same place twice because <laughs> I wasn't very good. And somehow I, I accrued $10,000 uh, as a professional entertainer. Um, and it, one of the and that was, so that was a risk. Go, going back to what we talked about, you took a risk, right? I mean, you, oh, put in, yeah. you know, going out there and entertaining and singing and something you didn't know if you were good at it or not. Exactly. And, and one of the reasons I like to tell that story is because, you know, the question I think is worth asking every day, am I playing full out? Like, what does it look like to play full out? Because most people don't. Most people are going at about 10% because that's enough. All right. So with, with this, this entertainment business, I suck. And yet I want to get gigs and, and have fun. So uh, one thing I did is I found out about this national TV show that was auditioning for people for this, this segment they had called Red Faces, where you go on, you compete, you got up to 60 seconds, and then the judges gong you off. It's quite embarrassing, which is why they call it Red Faces. And I thought, well, what if I audition for that? If I get on TV, that'll be amazing promotion for my, my thing. Anyway, Mr. Woody was my stage name and I went and auditioned and there were 300 people auditioning. I got a call back within a week and they said, we want you next week. Can you fly to Melbourne? We'll put you up in a hotel. We want you on TV. And so, uh, and that was, that was as terrifying as any of the paragliding that I ever did. I was so nervous to go and sing on national TV. And at that time, we only had five channels. So everyone in Australia was going to be watching this thing. <laughs> wow. I was so scared. I thought I was going to pee my pants. And I did actually lose three drops of urine came out. <laughs> now, let me ask you, Jason. You're about to go on national television in a kilt. And now you know there's a chance you may actually pee your pants. Is that going to calm you down or make you more nervous? Well, you didn't have pants on, so you were okay. <laughs> well, I'm a, practic I'm a practical man, and I had my overnight bag, so I went and put on two extra pairs of underpants <laughs> just in case. Now, as it happened, I didn't pee my pants. I went on national TV. It didn't do much for my business, but... Again, the question is, what does full out look like? I, for a year and a half, that's what I did. And I went into it when I, when I got into, into coaching. And if you want, we can talk about how I built the business and how I, how I did that. Yeah. Um, and, and right now I'm, I'm, I'm interested in acting. I'm like, hmm, what does full out look like in acting versus just kicking the tires? So I love. Well, this let's talk. About, let's talk about that, David, because you, because you and I, when we were talking uh, a few days ago in preparation for the show, we were talking about your, your, you are the coach that helps people focus on just going full out. And you talked about your acting gig and you're playing Dracula and this outdoor play and like you, you went on national television in a kilt and you've done paragliding. All these things are risk and you're playing full out. But how did you get into that? How did you like? Yeah, you went from Park Avenue 
cushy job, decided to go do this singing thing just kind of for fun. But how did that transition into you now are an entrepreneur, you're building a business, you're training other people to do that. Tell, tell me that story. Sure. Well, I was fascinated by um, the concept of coaching as a career because in the Landmark Forum, the course that I did, I, uh, I went and did two more courses and I found myself coaching people. I couldn't help it. They, people would be complaining on the break about something and I'd say, well, did you hear what the teacher said yesterday? Or I had one woman had an affair 10 years earlier and had never told her husband about it and he'd had an affair 10 years earlier and he'd come clean about it and she'd been holding that over him for 10 years. And I'm like, really? And out of that conversation, she went and came clean. She went and confessed, risked her entire marriage for the possibility of true connection, authenticity. And, and she came back and shared how her life had changed overnight. And I was, I was hooked. I was like, I want this coaching stuff. This is amazing. Then a guy had a business card. He was handing out saying coaching. I'm like, wait a minute, you can get paid for this? So Landmark said, hey, look, if you come back and do the third course, we will train you as a coach to help people going through the program. I said, I'm in, right? There was the first opportunity. Free training. I've just got to donate my time. You're on. And then... A year went by and I went and did all this, this uh, entertainment in Australia and I was still interested and, and finally I ran into a guy who was doing a course on coaching and I said, I've been talking about this for a year. How about I hire you, I'll be your practice client, I'll pay you 25 bucks a week and I'll learn from you and you'll learn by coaching me. He said, all right, you're on. And then I think it was a week, no, a few days later, I was auditioning a woman for a duo because I, I can't sing, I decided, let me get a good singer and she can kind of carry me. And um, she was having some issues in her life. And I said, hey, I'm, I'm just becoming a life coach. How about you be my practice client? I'll charge you $25 a week. And, you know, I'll, we'll both, both learn as we go. She said, all right, you're on. And it was classic because I didn't know really how to structure this. I knew it when I did it at Landmark, but I didn't know how to do it with a private client and and, and we do our first session and she say, what are we doing next week? What's our next, uh, next session for session two? And I said, ah, wait and see. Because I didn't know. I didn't know what you did in a second <laughs> Fake session. Fake it till you make it. <laughs> I only knew what you did in the first session now. So I had to wait for my session with my coach to see what he did. And then I, I went and did that with her. So that's how I got started. I started calling all my friends. I said, here's, here's my package, but I'm offering 50% off to all of my friends. Uh, a few friends took me up, a few colleagues took me up on it. And then I went and hired one of the top coaches in Australia. I thought, I, I just, look, I'm, I'm good. I'm independent. I'm smart. I'm self-driven. Look what I've done so far. This is amazing. But why reinvent the wheel? I need to go and, and you know, and it was a stretch for me financially. I had to really put down big money on this coach. And she taught me so much. So many things that I, I had not seen. Uh, I got that push when I needed it. And one of the things that, uh, there were two marketing methods that I used. One was internet marketing. Because I'm a geek, uh, I'm a systems guy, and I'm like, all right, let me see how internet marketing works. So I went into search engine optimization, I studied it, and went and did all that stuff. Ended up number one, four, and nine 
on the search engines, there were people complaining because I was dominating the search engines so much for life coaching. And then the other method that she encouraged me to do was speaking. She said speaking had worked for her and it was terrifying to me, the idea of being in front of a group of people and talking about life and how to have life be better. But she showed me step by step, hey, try this, try this, do a practice at home. And um, that worked for a while. I actually got clients, but I was so scared, Jason. I, every <laughs> time I was so terrified uh, getting up there on stage and I felt a bit like a fraud. Something just felt off. I'm trying to, I think what it was is I was trying to do a song and dance and present myself with a certain image. And I was just terrified that it, that, about what they were going to think about me. Well, let and me, so, let me, let me kind of put some structure around the story as far, far timeline, because I, I'm trying to figure out the timing. So you were working on Park Avenue, Park Avenue. You went and did the singing thing for a while and, and just mainly for fun. It doesn't sound year. to me like you tried to do that for about a year, but yep, then yep. when did you go to the landmark forum? Like, was that while oh, you were still working? Yeah. Okay. So the timeline was, I'm still working in, in America, in, in New York. And I did the landmark forum, cracked my heart open. I realized, oh, wow, life is different. I got training and coaching. And then I decided to quit my job, go back to Australia and do this guitar thing. For okay, year. so you you took the big risk. You quit quit the cushy Park Avenue job, moved back to Australia, your home country, start doing the guitar singing thing. But okay, so when did the so what happened next? What was the next step in that progression? The next step is that when you went to the life coach, hired your own coach. After about a year, was running into um, oh, I was trying to remember his name. Um, running into yeah an old friend who was now coaching, and I'm like that was that was a kick in the in the butt to go wait a minute, all right okay. I've been doing this singing I'm not a good singer this is not taken off and it's kind of tiring I mean all the work you've got to do to practice and develop your craft and then you've got to go and set up the equipment I had a van right I got to set up the equipment it took me like 50 minutes to get all the equipment set up and then I performed for four hours in a pub with people who are basically not paying attention to me. And then at the end of it, you got to put everything back down and take it back home and then take it out of the car and put it in the garage. Like it was a lot of work for a year and a half and ended up with 10,000 bucks. So it was a labor of love. But when this coaching came along, I'm like, maybe I should do this. Now, I'd like to say all this was cold turkey. You know, I just, I just, quit my job and then all I did was this music and then I quit that and then I did the coaching. No, I kept my hand in the in the consulting. I kept my hand in it. I you know, I didn't want to I wasn't making much money with with the with the guitar business. So I went around to all my contacts that I had from Australia from when I used to live there and I said, I'm offering my services as a consulting actuary if your company needs a little bit of help. Um, I'm available and that funded me like that kept paying the rent and paying my bills while I was doing the guitar stuff. And then when I started coaching, I think it took me three years to crack six figures. And uh, once that happened, I resigned from the Institute of Actuaries. Now, I don't know if, if you guys to become an actuary it's really hard. It took me eight years to qualify wow. and most people fail 
Um, some of their exams have a 90% fail rate. It was just brutal. And then, so to leave it, in my mind, I've never tried being a, a doctor, but it'd be like, I'm resigning from the AMA or, you know, you, you qualify as a lawyer and then you just leave that whole career behind. It was a big deal when I wrote that letter and said, I am out and I'm never coming back. Mm. And I never How'd did. How'd that feel? How'd that feel? It was scary and uh, I think a little empowering. The reason I, I, I let it go is because they require 40 hours of continuing education a year to maintain your qualification. And I didn't want to do 40 hours. 40 hours, just one week, right? One week a, a year. I didn't want to do it. I wasn't interested in the legislation on life insurance and the legislation on, on pension funds and superannuation and keeping up to date. I'm like, this is bullshit. So I hated to let it go, but it was an integrity issue. Yeah. I no longer wanted to do it. So I, and I, I do feel proud of myself for, for ditching something that took eight years to get and that many people try for even 10 years. The average, the average time to qualify as an actuary, I understand is 10 years. So how long have you now had your coaching business, your life coaching business? Oh, oh, I love that question. That was, it was 1998, the end of 98 that I got that first singer as, as my first client. And so now we must be 31. Is that right? 31 years? No, no, no it's not that many. It's because uh, I've been, I got married 95, 26. Oh, it's 23 years. Yeah, 23 years. Yeah. Yeah, lucky I used to study math for a profession, huh? Um, yeah, so 20... There's probably a table somewhere that will tell us that. <laughs> it, it's, it's 23 years, and today, you don't know this, Jason, but today is actually my birthday. Are you so, serious? So today, well, celebrating birthday. my birthday and 23 years not working for anybody else. Wow. Well, man, well, happy birthday, and I didn't know I didn't know that. Well, that this is a nice surprise. So, happy birthday to you! Thank you. Well, let me ask you, let me ask you, David, some some more specific questions about your story of success because this is this this show is called the Root of All Success, and I I've got this theory, and and in most shows I clearly lay out my theory and then kind of test it against the guests, and sometimes it comes up now, sometimes I do it more pointedly. So today I want to do it more pointedly because I think. My theory is that your success as a life coach, a life coaching is 20 plus years, two decades when you left uh, a, a profession that a lot of people try hard to get into. You also left a, a profession that people dream of being in, which is the singing business, you know, the entertainment business. But you did all that because your heart was broken and you really, really wanted to go do something to help and to pour into people. Oh, so, wait, wait, actually, no. When I say they cracked my heart open, I wouldn't call that a broken heart or broken in a, in a good way. Yeah, bro, but, that's what I mean. Broken in a good way. Like, I got to go help people. I got to do this good thing. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's what that, that's the story I get from you. So my my theory is that there are five keys that every entrepreneur has used to unlock their success, whether life coaches, business coaches, they run in apparel stores or manufacturing, whatever it happens to be. I think that the first key to success is passion. And what I mean by passion is not just excitement and jubilation and enjoyment and something, although that certainly helps. 
But the word passion actually means willing to suffer, willing to endure for a cause. So for instance, and I use this example a lot on the show, the passion of the Christ wasn't that Jesus was excited to go to the cross. It was because he was willing, it was rather he was willing to endure. That's why we call it the passion. He's willing to endure for a bigger, a bigger issue, right? A bigger, bigger thing rather than just what was occurring at that moment. So for you, David, as a, as a very successful life coach, who's coached for 20 plus years, do you believe that that sort of passion has fueled and unlocked your success? And if so, tell me a little bit how that worked out. Well, the question feels deep to me. Let's see what, let's see what comes out. Um, I think it goes, it goes deeper. When I was a kid, I lost my little sister. I was seven years old and she was uh, killed by the school bus when we came home from school one day. And I, I witnessed it. And I think what happened, because uh, we didn't really know about therapy back then. I didn't go to the funeral. We just didn't talk about it. I shut down my emotions. I shut down my feelings. And I grew up as a bit of a cardboard cutout without even knowing that that's what was happening. And then at the age of 23, 23, 24, I think just before I went to... Uh, the job in America, I went to a therapist and said, I have broken up with the first love of my life eight times. And now I want to get back together with her. What the hell is happening? And he helped me see that I had shut down emotionally. And he said, I think you are sensitive. You are sensitive. And that's why you're having trouble right now. But it's all been suppressed. You've got a complicated grief reaction. I think I can help you. And so he started my true journey and opening up and connecting with the world. I learned how to cry. I learned how to grieve. I went back and had conversations with my parents and my neighbors about my sister. I went and asked my mother if I could see her things that she'd, that she'd kept, her blanket and her doll. And, and so that began my path. When I did Landmark in 1997, at the age of 27, that help cracked my heart open even further. I was like, oh, okay. And I realized I do care about the world. I didn't know that. I actually do care because people were saying, I want to cure world hunger and I'm going to world peace. And I stood up with tears streaming down my eyes and I said, how do you know that? And I don't want any of that shit. I'm, I'm worthless. And the guy said, how do you know? How do you know you don't want any of that? Where'd you get that from? You got that from your past. And I was like, wow. And so, so yeah, I think it does go deeper. Now, passion, I think I do have a passion for helping people get in touch with their feelings and get truly connected with other people because that's my life's journey. As I discover it, I'm like, oh, look, you can feel this and you can feel this and you can be honest here and you can go for this. I share it with other people. Now, you brought up something very interesting about endure. That's a tricky word. That's a tricky word. Um, there are some things I've done where it's been really hard, like the actuarial thing. I endured. It was brutal. It was horrendous. And I, and I endured to get to something that in the end, I let go of. It just didn't really matter. So I'm not a huge fan of enduring. Okay, sure. Sometimes you just got to suck it up, get through it, get the stuff done. Fine. But if you're doing something you love, 
like right now I'm, I'm into the acting. I'm, I've got a class that goes to 11 o'clock at night and I'm now 53 years old. I don't want to be up at 11 o'clock at night out of, out of the class. I'm driving to Denver. <laughs> I'm driving to Denver four times a week to do re rehearsals for this thing. Five weeks of rehearsals. There's no enduring involved at all because I'm loving it. So I, I just, the word endure is pretty tricky. If you find that you're being a martyr, if you find that you are suffering in service of something else, I'd want to I'd want to investigate that with a coach and just see is that actually required? Because maybe there's a pleasurable part. Yeah. Well, and I think that too. I think that passion, you know, the emotional side of passion is you enjoy it, and it's pretty clear from my just getting to know you briefly through this show and, and talking before the show is that you're passionate about helping and serving other people through life coaching. That's certainly you enjoy that. But oh, I yeah. think I think that your key to your longevity in this, because I mean, life coaching good for 20 plus years, your key to success in this is because you endured and not painfully. So in the point where it was it was it was it was negative, but you endured it because you knew that there was a payoff in the end, that there was something bigger. So three years before you crack one hundred thousand dollars, I mean, most entrepreneurs I know, if you're not making a couple hundred thousand dollars, it's not worth the, the money isn't worth the suffering. <laughs> the money is not worth all the mess. Go go make the same amount of money at a 40 hour a week job and go home and don't have any stress. Right. But you endured and pushed through that. That's what I mean by passion. Now, the, yeah. if, if I may, the second key that so the first key is passion. But the second key I find in everybody's story to success is that they were at the right place at the right time. And for you as an Australian working in, in the United States, working in New York, going to that particular landmark forum that was available at that time, that to me sounds like one, if not, oh, there's probably many, but one of your right place, right time moments that catapulted you into that success stratosphere that you now experience. Would you agree? Or is there, is there another place in time that's more important to you? Yeah, that's a good point. Um, it was good timing because that forum that I did was in the World Trade Center as well, which we no longer have. <laughs> so had that been at another time, that wouldn't have worked out very well for me. Um, who, who knows that the, the person that I spoke to who said, you, you should go and try this, that was Solange Shirah. She said, you try the forum, this is really powerful. But I, I also, I, I have a suspicion that had that not happened, had I not done Landmark because she'd said it at that time, I would have done it at another time. It would have come to me. I, there's, there'd be no way to avoid that. I'm des destined. I got. I just got corrected by direct by 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 my director last night. It's destined, not destined. Um, I think I was destined for personal growth. I was destined to open up and to reclaim all the parts that I'd lost as a as a kid. Uh, I think I was probably destined to. Um, to teach. I am yeah. a training geek. Oh my God. I, it's in my blood. It's in my bones. If I can see, I'll wait. If I package it this way, it's going to go into your brain and you will get it. I'm made for that. So to combine, I hadn't really seen that combination before, but to combine personal growth with training, that's uh, where I come in. I just happen to be really good at business from all the consulting stuff that I did. So I do... Yeah. I, I share my gifts with entrepreneurs and business owners, but it's really about 
living a life that you're proud of and that on your deathbed, you can say, I gave it everything. Well, you know, what you said, David, is so important is that if you had not gone to that landmark forum at that time, there would have been another place, another time that you would have made that happen. And I do also believe that that happens for a lot of us, because so many times when I'm talking about this to my, co my coaching clients and people, and when I public speak, they'll say, well, uh, the, the jaded among us would say, well, Jason, you're just talking about luck. I mean, entrepreneurs are so lucky. They experience success because they were at the right place at the right time. Well, you know, what's interesting about that? is that the harder I work, the luckier I get. The more I put myself in places on purpose, I find that I end up being, quote, lucky, right? So you were yes. lucky yeah. to be at the landmark, but you chose to go to it. And you would have done it had it not done it that time, you'd have done it another time, right? Exactly. So I just thought of another moment where I was in the right place at the right time. And then I think we're going to come back to this, this place where, you know, anyone else could have been in that moment and not, and not made it work. I was in a hotel in Corte Madeira, California, near San Francisco, and I was locked out of my room at midnight. The key didn't work. So I went back and I said, this key doesn't work. Can you let me in? And while I'm there, I looked over and I saw this guy sitting by the fireplace. I'm not good with faces, but a few months ago, I'd reached out to John Gray from Men Are From Mars, Women Are From Venus, and I'd asked if he might consider endorsing a book I was working on never got a reply. And I, I said to the receptionist, isn't that John Gray? And she looked up a list and said, uh, that's a gentleman's name. Yes. Gentleman's name. Are you kidding? He sold more books than God. Are you, like, <laughs> come on, that's John Gray. And I couldn't, I wanted to go up to him, but all, all that was true for me is you're successful. Can I touch you? Maybe it'll rub off. Like I just, I had, I couldn't find a way to go up to him. So I went back to my room and for the next hour, I was bitching to my girlfriend. And I think the fourth time I said to her, uh, and I'm in my pajamas, right? At fourth time I said to her, I just walked away from John Gray. She said, shut up, put your clothes back on and get out there. And so I got dressed, I went back out, it's 1 a.m. He's still there talking to friends by the fireplace. And I went up and I stood there and just waited until they stopped speaking. That was a long 15 seconds, I'll tell you. And then he looked up and he said, hi. I said, hi, my name's David Wood, whatever. We got chatting and um, I, I offered to help him. I said, I got 40,000 coaches on my list right now. If I can promote anything, I'd be happy to help. And I'm a huge fan. And he said, oh, what are you doing for lunch tomorrow? And I was due to fly somewhere, but I said, I'm having lunch with you. And so I had lunch with John Gray, uh, helped him a little bit, coached him a little bit. And then he, John Gray founded something called the Transformational Leadership Council. And what, you, what I didn't reveal is that two years earlier, someone had called me and said, hey, congratulations on your nomination to the Transformational Leadership Council. And I said, thank you, what's that? And it turned out he'd gotten the wrong David Wood. <laughs> Are you kidding? So now I was devastated that I wasn't nominated to this thing. And he said, Jack Canfield had nominated me. I'm like, Jack's been following my career. Are you <laughs> really so excited? Then I find out he's got the wrong David Wood, who I'm often confused with. And now, John, now I've met John Gray, who founded the Transformational Leadership Council. And so I called John and said, any chance you'd consider nominating me? 
because they only take five members a year. It's like a big deal to get in there. Any chance you consider nominating me? And he said, well, yeah, but I don't know how to do it. I said, if I handle the paperwork, would, would you sign it? And he said, yeah, yeah, sure. So they'd already closed nominations, but because it was for John, they opened it up back up and, uh, and I got nominated. I got voted in and found myself on a beach in Hawaii hanging out with Jack Canfield, John Gray, Marianne Williamson, presidential candidate as peers, not as I'm here to watch them on stage, but like as family. And I think that came from two things, being in the right place at the right time and putting my clothes back on, getting back out there and just saying hello and taking a shot. Man, and this it's is, led to so much in my life. This is why I love doing this show, man. This is, this is so, so my five keys of success, passion, right place, right time is number two. The third, which you just mentioned without knowing it is knowing the right person. Like there in all, all stories of successful people, there somewhere was one person who made all the difference in the world. And sometimes that person could be a negative influence. It could be just that person that's, that pushes you because you pissed off and you don't like them. He pushes you into doing something new or it's somebody like John Gray or Jack Canfield, or uh, you, you mentioned the name. It was a very interesting and unique name about the person who told you to go to the landmark forum. What was that person's name? Solange Shara. Yeah. Then that, that's a fantastic Solange Shara. So yeah. she, and these other, and your girlfriend, right? Get your clothes on and go down there. All these people had not, right. had they not pushed you in the right direction, you wouldn't be on the show today. You wouldn't have the book. You wouldn't have the yeah. career. Let's think about how amazing those people have been in your life. That's so true. And the universe had a little bit of a hand in this as well, because um, the kicker is uh, a year later, I'm, I'm there talking with, with my peers in the Transformational Leadership Council and something something went into my brain and said, wait a minute, wait a minute, I know, and I had a guy from the steering committee in front of me and I said, I know how I got nominated because I asked John to do it. And I'm assuming I got voted in because everybody, um, it was John Gray. And they're like, oh, well, John says that we're gonna vote him in. But how'd I get through the steering committee? You guys didn't know me. How did you not blackball me? And the guy thought for a second and then said, Ah, we thought you were the other David Wood. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. So, so I find out about it because I'm confused by the other David Wood when he was nominated and didn't get in, by the way. And then later on, the universe provides me with an opportunity to get in. And I get in partly because of that confusion again. And I was going to resign. I was so devastated when I found out that, oh, I got in under false pretenses. And I was telling the story to a 10-year-old girl on one of our whale watching expeditions. She was a daughter of one of the one of the members. And I told her this story and I said, I'm going to resign. She said, are you kidding me? You are so meant to be here. You All of that to get you in here and you're going to resign? You are so meant. So oh, wow. there's, there, the universe sent me a 10-year-old to convinced me not to resign and I and I did stay and it and it's been an incredible experience and I decided to open up and receive it. And that is that is great. I love it. That, <laughs> I rarely uh, tell that, that story. story. That was fun. 
That is so, that's so great. Do you know, you happen to know who that 10 year old girl is? Did you ever, do you have a relationship with her? Like know who she no, is? No, I, just... I can't remember, you know, who she belonged to. Um, I just remember her saying, are you crazy? You are so <laughs> men. And then someone was kind enough from the steering committee to call me and say, I heard you're considering resigning. I hope, I hope that's not true because you really belong here. And that well, was... That was I think, very sweet. I think, you know, that that when possible, my encouragement, and this is this is kind of a life coaching thing you would know more than me about, but I think when possible, I think reaching out to the people who've had such amazing influences and push us in the right direction, whether or not they are aware of it, I think is such an important thing. And I've had guests on this show that 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 have broken down a little bit emotionally to think about, wow, you know what? I've never thanked or never thought about that person and his or her influence in pushing me to success. <laughs> And so I would encourage you when possible and anybody listening, if there's a right person in your past, whether they were negative or positive, just send them a note and say, Hey, I just, you may or may not know it, but the success that I experienced is in part due to your influence in my life. So thank you for that. And I think that that's so important. Well, let me get to the last two. So the last two keys to success, we got passion, we got being in the right place, right time, right people. Those are, those are the top three and those happen. Uh, very clearly in most people's story. The last two are a little bit more, a little bit did uh, have to dig a little deeper, but I don't think I'd have to dig very deep in your story. And that's the fourth key is preparation. It's having to know how to pull it off. And here's where I heard in your story, and I want you to tell me if you agree, is that your preparation to be successful as a life coach and to make a business out of it, not just to charge 25 bucks a week and hope it works, right? But to make a business out of it, is that you spent so many years as an actuary where you learned business, you knew how to calculate things, how to think through business. You did, you, you prepared for success as a coach by being the guy in the kilt peeing in his pants on stage, right? You, you, you pushed through those adverse adversities so that you could help other people do the same thing. You fell out of the sky yes. for goodness sake. And now you know how to help people do it. Is that, am, am I right? That's your preparation. I love, I love that. The two, the words that come to my brain are street cred. You know, I feel like I have the street cred because I really have pushed the limits in, in my life. And, um, and I want to help others do that. And I've also pushed the limits too far. And I found out what trauma feels like in my system. So I love being a guide for people to lovingly hold space for them to do this. And um, say again the name of this fourth. Oh, preparation. preparation. Yeah, yeah, preparation. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I love... I love that because now as I look back over the story, I see I prepared by doing the landmark. Uh, I did like four or five or six landmark courses. I went and volunteered as a coach to get trained. When I got back to Australia, I, I took the opportunity to, to work with this guy as a coach. And then I reached out to a guy who was starting the Coach You franchise in Australia and had lunch with him. And he said, you know what? I'm going to take a bet on you. I'm going to gift you the course. And, you know, this was like 20 something years ago and the course was like two or three grand. It was a lot of money. And he said, I'm going to gift you this and I just trust that you're going to contribute. And so I worked for him in exchange for this. And that was amazing to have all this coach training. And then I went and got a coach and said, you show me the ropes. So yeah, definitely preparation was involved in, in so many of these these places just the fact that i'd reached out to john gray asking for a testimonial before that had happened and i'd been i've been stalking jack canfield in a in a in a good way for years but 
you, you, you say preparation. The word that came up to me before this interview, when I was thinking about being on the, on the show here was commitment. Yeah. And uh, Vic Baronco is someone that I followed for years. And he said, true intention is demonstrated by attainment. And I, I think that's true. If you really, really want something, you'll know because you are taking massive action around mm -hmm. it. You are really going for it. And then ultimately you will have that thing. And that's how you know, you know that you actually were committed to it. Otherwise, if you're not committed, you're just trying and that's fine too. Yoda says there is no try and we do. No, there's both, but work out which one it is for you. You know, if it yeah. really matters, you can prepare fully and you can go full out. And if it doesn't really matter, do what everyone else is doing. Just do the 10% and just kind of kind of go along and enjoy the ride. Totally fine, but know which one you're doing. That's right. Well, your fifth, the fifth P is uh, the fifth key, which are all P's, by the way, passion, right place, right time, knowing the right people, preparation. The fifth one's plan. And I'm not talking so much about business plan, like people writing business plans, because I find that less than half of successful entrepreneurs ever had written business plan. But what I mean is the financial, uh, the financial resources required to make it successful. So when you started your coaching business 20 something years ago, what was your plan? It took you three years to crack $100,000 a year, six figures. How did you how did you survive financially? What was your plan to make it through those early years? Yeah, well, I, I want to be transparent and say I did not sit down and write out a three-year plan. I, it was more seat of the pants thing. And I've done that most of my life financially. There's something, it's like there's a part in my brain that just tracks the numbers and just knows when I should spend less and spend more. And, and so I don't, I'm not a big fan of budgeting. But what I did was I, I went back to Australia, I had a little bit of money and I actually sued my company because um, the severance package didn't seem fair to me. And I was an expert in, in this kind of a thing because that's what we did. And I'm like, you're not treating me the way we tell other people to treat their employees. So I, I sued them and then I got a settlement because of that and that helped, that, that was like 35 grand. So I had that in the bank, but I didn't wanna just spend all that. So I went and hit up all my contacts and said, I'm available for consulting. I've got a very specialized thing that I know how to do because I was over in the US. So I knew about um, how to, my eyes are gonna glaze over already just thinking about it, but I knew how to prepare tax returns for pension plans for foreign uh, entities that had a US parent. <laughs> I knew how to do that. And people in Australia found it so confusing. And it's like, I, I come from the source. I know how to do it. So they hired me. I was getting 150 bucks an hour. Again, 20 something years ago, 150 bucks an hour to work from home sometimes to do this consulting. So that was gold. And, yeah. and that, that took the financial pressure off. And that's what allowed me to, to do a career that wasn't going to really make me any money. And right. I did that as a luxury, as a gift to myself for a year and a half. And then um, I think I kept on to the consulting for, for maybe a year or two while I did the coaching. And then I'm done. I've wow. now hit the point. I've got enough money coming in. I think I'm good now. And worse comes to worse, I could probably go back and, and re-qualify, you know, if I had to. 
Um, so that's that's how it happened financially. Well, so now as as a twenty something year veteran life coach, you've written a book. Um, get paid for who you are. You've got uh, you've got other accolades to your career. So, what is it that's your superpower that you're helping your clients with now? What if somebody out there going, I like this guy. What is it that he can do for me? What is it that you do for people right now as a life coach? Yeah, I'll tell you the thing that I do for them that I think people recognize they they want and that sells. Um, I help them. I help them accelerate. So if, if what they're wanting and most people want to make more money faster and the second thing they seem to want is more time off. So they're not just working uh, stupidly in the company. They're working smarter and so they can have time off and more money. So that's the thing that I do that sells. The thing that I really do, my real superpower, my real gift is I help them get in touch with the okayness of life. I help them realize that the problems that they're suffering from are that they're just fine. They're doing just fine. Even though it seems scary, even though it seems hard, sometimes it feels lonely. I help them get in touch with, hey, you're golden right now, just the way you are. Sure, there's more. We'll get there. That's my that's my true offer. Wow. That's, that, you know, that's an interesting perspective because I think we deal with so, so much on Instagram and other social media platforms where it's this grind, hustle, you know, go, go, go. It's not an, you know, go, there's more, there's more, there's more. Well, well, I think there's a lot of peace and tranquility and knowing that I'm okay. Like, right. We're good. I'm good. There's more. And I actually, I was teaching a class about this not too long ago, the difference between complacency and contentment. They, they sound very similar, but complacency is I get it. I'm, I'm okay with where I am and I don't want anything else. That's complacency. Contentment is I'm okay with where I am but I know there's more and I, I'm going that direction, but I'm content. And I think that it sounds to me like that's kind of what you're helping people figure out is how to be, how to yeah. not be complacent, but how to be content with what's going well, on. Well, let's, let's jump another level. Let's go one level up. Let's go for joy. Yeah. Let's go for joy being I'm, I'm, I'm thrilled with where I am. That's the Holy grail. If you can be thrilled with where you are and part of the thrill is I'm enjoying working on more. I'm enjoying creating more in my life. Like right now, it, you know, acting such a big thing in my life because six weeks ago I said, hey, I want to I want to get into acting and see what this is about. And I'm thrilled. I am having a blast. And all I'm doing is I'm in a local production of Dracula um, in a play. In my last play, I was five years old. So this is all exciting and new. I'm in playback theater, uh, an improv troupe. They just accepted me and I'm in rehearsals for that. I'm in an acting class. I'm reading uh, books on acting. I am living the life of a working actor right now. I'm not getting paid very much, but I'm actually getting paid, if you can believe it. And look, there's more. I'd love to be the lead in a major motion film. I'd love to be recognized on the street, at least for a while. And it might, it might get old. I'd love that stuff. So there's more, right? I have hope and that's great. Yeah. But this, this game right now, this is, the, this is the only game in town. I'm loving it. So if you can get to that, and I know it's not always simple to do. In fact, I think that's the holy grail. This is a huge part of enlightenment 
in my experience, is getting uh, firstly to, hey, everything's okay, right? That's the first step. Secondly, okay, I'm accepting, I'm even welcoming. And then the third, if we can get there, is I love, like Byron Katie. She wrote a book, Loving What Is. She loves what is, which is just amazing to me. Well, I think this has been a fascinating conversation. You're a fascinating individual, David. And I, and I, I really am glad we had this conversation for the benefit of the listeners. So I want to give them a couple of ways to get in touch with you. So on Instagram, they can follow you at underscore focus CEO. That's underscore focus CEO on Instagram. Uh, they can go to LinkedIn and just look up focus hyphen CEO. That's focus hyphen CEO and find you on there, David Wood. Um, you also have a, a, a kind of a special offer that you want to give. You said that it's at myfocusgift.com. Could you tell everybody what, what's at myfocusgift.com? Yeah, I thought of some fun ways that people could, could get some more value and, uh, and interact with me if they, if they want. And I created a gift basket of goodies. So there's a cheat sheet on how to achieve twice as much in half the time. There's a really great checklist. There's a video on how to apply it. There's a link to uh, my upcoming book, Name That Mouse, because the elephant isn't the only animal in the room. And uh, we've already got the mini book ready. If you want, you can go and get that right now. And it's your pathway to connection, confidence, and true leadership. Uh, and if you're interested in coaching with me, if you're already up and running in business, you're successful, and you've got goals, there are things that you want, you want to get there faster, uh, reach out again at that link, myfocusgift.com. And uh, I'm happy to do a call with you and we'll see if we're a fit. I'm not a fit with everybody. Um, but if we are a fit, we, we could do some pretty cool stuff together. Yeah, well, this has been this has been great, David. Thank you for being a guest on the show today. Thank you for sharing your story with me and, and with my listeners. And thank you for following your passion and, and making sure you go through these weird undulations of life from actuary to, to hang, uh, paragliding, to singing on stage, to life coaching for $25 a week. <laughs> so that we can have a, have a story to tell and uh, good luck in your production of Dracula. I know that's coming up uh, soon. So good yep. luck in that break a leg. I think that's what we're supposed to say to actors when they go on yep. stage, break a leg. Thank you for being here. It's been an honor to talk to you and I look forward to talking to you again in the future. Thanks, Jason. Well, there you have it, folks. Another story of a super successful entrepreneur. This one, a life coach who's spent time as an actuary, then uh, did some paragliding, did some singing on stage, did some life coaching, and has turned it into an amazing career, helping hundreds of thousands of people over the years really figure out how to focus, how to get more done in time. And uh, I'm just I'm so appreciative of David being here and telling us about his keys to success and passion, being in the right place at the right time. Uh, knowing the right people and, and being prepared and having that plan. And if you want help with any of that, if you want to know how to get to success, go to the realjasonduncan.com slash success. There's a, there's an assessment that I've got right there on my website. You can take it's 100% free, 17 questions. And within 24 hours or so, you'll get a personal report on your predictability, your, how, how, what your probability of success is based on the five keys of success after I've interviewed literally hundreds of entrepreneurs against these things, you can know what your probability of success is. All right. Thank you for being here. Thanks for listening. I will see you again next time on The Root of All Success when I talk with yet another amazingly successful entrepreneur about his or her story and how they became successful and how they use the five keys of success to unlock 
their success, the same keys that you can use to unlock your success as well. I'm the real Jason Duncan, and remember, Jesus is King. Thank you for listening to another edition of The Root of All Success with the real Jason Duncan. If you've enjoyed this week's episode, we invite you to visit therootofallsuccess.com to access the show notes and other helpful resources. Take charge of your business. Grow it from great to incredible. Join us again next time here on The Root of All Success. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.